Praise God. Praise the Lord. We're alive in the Lord. Amen? Amen. Amen. And without Him, we have no life. I, I used to live what I thought was a life before the Lord, but it was miserable. And I tell you, when I came to know Jesus, everything turned around. And as I've been growing in the Lord, He just gets sweeter and sweeter as the days go by. Anybody know what I'm talking about, or am I just talking to myself? What an awesome God we serve. Praise God. And I just so, I'm so excited about continuing tonight what we started last Wednesday night uh, on a two-part series of working my faith. Working my faith. I lo absolutely love to preach on faith. I love to preach the Word of God, knowing that faith comes by hearing the Word of God. And as we hear the Word of God, our faith will rise, our faith will grow, our faith will be instructed so that we can act on our faith and we can appropriate all that God has for us. So we just got to learn to say, I'm working my faith. I am working my faith. That needs to be a mindset. That needs to be a daily focus in our life. I am working my faith because if I'll work my faith, let me tell you what, my faith works. Amen. And without works, faith is dead, the Bible says. So we know without faith is impossible to please God. So it's so important. What a, a central message that God would have us focus on and a message that he would have us understand, but not be hearers only of this word, but doers as well. So we're going to do a little recap of what we did last Wednesday, and then we're just going to just go right into what the Lord has for tonight, and as uh, we wrap this part up in the name of Jesus, let's just pray. Father God, we thank you that as we close our eyes, we know, even though we can't see you, our faith knows you are here. You are everywhere, Lord God. You are omnipresent, Lord. You're omnipotent. You are here, Lord God, in your presence and power by your spirit. Lord, as we study your word, I pray your word would just begin to rise up in our hearts, causing faith to be resurrected and faith to come alive. Lord God, that we can go forth from this place and do and move and be and say all that you have called us to do and to be and to say. Lord, to you be the glory and the honor and the praise as I just ask you to anoint and bring forth your word through me this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I'm going to prophesy that somebody's going to leave here walking in greater power, greater anointing, walking into the fulfillment of your miracles unlike anything you have before. I'm just going to prophesy knowing that I'm being prophetic from the Word of God, knowing that as God's Word comes, God's Word comes, faith rises up, and with this faith, you're going to walk in the pleasure of God. You're going to walk into that which God has for you. You're going to experience what God has planned for you. And you're going to see what God is destined for your life. I declare that over you right now in the name of Jesus, that you're going to rise up and go into the rest of this day and the rest of your life in the power of God, walking by faith, working your faith and seeing your faith calls forth a transaction of heaven on earth in and through your life to the glory of God. In Jesus' name I say it. Amen. 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 Let's get right into the word. James chapter 2 gives us a lot of uh, instruction and understanding about faith in a very practical way. So what does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, Depart in peace and be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, Well, you have faith, and I have works. 
Well, show me your faith without your works, and I'll show you my faith by my works. If you believe that there is one God, you do well. But even the demons believe, and they tremble. But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works? And by works, faith was made perfect or mature or whole. And the scripture was fulfilled, which says Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. You see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. Likewise, was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way? For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead. God tells us that without faith, it is impossible to please God. I want to see you living in the pleasure of God. I want you to see, see you uh, going from glory to glory that God has called you to. But you're not going to do it unless you do it by faith. And as James has given us instructions here by the Holy Spirit, we see that, that faith has to be accompanied with works, and our works has to be the outcome of that which we have faith in. Our faith and works, they work together. God has made it absolutely impossible that all of His infinite ways and all of His infinite thoughts and all of His infinite ideas could be neatly categorized by us finite men and women. We can't do it. God is bigger than we are. God is greater. God's plans are so far above our plans. So He has given us enough of Him that we can lean into Him, but there's a gap, and that, uh, that gap of that which we cannot see, we have to trust what He has said. We have to learn to trust what He has said. And He has revealed His words to us in His Word, the Holy Bible. And He will bring forth rhema word, relevant word, out of this logos word, this established word. He will bring a personal word to you to fit your circumstance and situation out of that which has been established. We must learn to hear what He says and act on what He says. He has given enough of Him that we can lean into Him and, and trust Him and, and, and believe Him for that which we cannot see. That which makes that up is called faith, which is very important. I love preaching about faith. I love teaching about faith. I love to see the people of God who've been created by God, given a measure of faith, each and every one in us, and that that measure of faith, hear the word of God and begin to sprout forth and bring forth fruit in your life. Some of you, as I just prophetically declared, is going to walk out of here, walk out of here seeing greater things of God manifest in and through your life because your faith is going to find expression even after this sermon tonight. In our review, we were looking at our last studies where faith is an essential thing. It's not a peripheral thing. It's not something that you can take or leave. If you're going to be one who serves God and pleases God and lives in all that and do, does all that God's called you to do, you're going to have to learn to live by faith because faith is an essential thing. And, and that's just the way God set it up. You and I, we have to come along with our Creator God. And, and He tells us you just got to believe. It's not something you put in the dresser drawer, like you put your Bible maybe in the dresser drawer after a service and say, I'll pick that thing up next Sunday. We don't put our faith away. You don't need to put your Bible away either. Faith is central. 
Faith is something we need to learn to wake up to. Faith is something that we need to move throughout the day with. Faith is that which we have to have as a central part of our lives. We, I pray that since, uh, what was it, last Wednesday, maybe it was that we were teaching on this, that this has become a regular part of your life. If not, I'm reminding you tonight that it has to be central. Faith has to be central. Faith will demand your mind. It will demand your energy. It will demand your soul. It has to be a part of the total package. It's not something, it's not the dessert at the end of the meal. It's the ingredients that makes up the whole meal. Faith is not just something we do. Faith is something essential to who we are as sons and daughters of God. I am a believer who works my faith. We have to learn to work our faith. So again, I love preaching and teaching on faith because faith is the essential thing. It is central to who we are in children, as being children of God. And it is also a message of empowerment. Faith is a message of empowerment. Oh, how I love the message of faith because it lets me know that no matter what my circumstance, what my situation is, that nothing is beyond God and nothing is beyond healing and nothing is beyond restoration, that I'm not in this thing all by myself. Faith puts us in a position where things become possible. Somebody needs to put a smile on your face knowing that. Faith puts us in the position where we don't have to be victimized by the stuff that invades our world. And there is an enemy who is invading our world. Jesus said to the woman, your faith has made you whole. Your faith has made you whole. Which tells me that she got to participate in her own miracle. Hallelujah! How exciting is that? That we're not just in this world and what happens is what happens. That you and I can roll up our sleeves and we can participate in the miracle-working power of God being manifest in and through our lives. She participated in her own miracle. The woman with the issue of blood did. She had, she had the power to determine whether she was going to sit back and die in her bed because the doctors had done all they could or whether she was going to get up and change her life. I'm here to encourage somebody today that no matter what condition you find yourself in, your faith can change your circumstances. Your circumstances can't change your faith, but your faith can change your circumstances. Faith says, pick up your bed and walk. Faith faith says, you don't have to take it anymore. Faith says, blind Bartimaeus, open up your eyes. You can now see. Hallelujah. And that's why it's so important that we stay word central because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. You will hear me come back to this over and over and over again. We have to remain word-central people. The Bible has to remain the plumb line of our life. It has to be the measuring stick by which we measure ourselves to. We don't measure the Bible to us. We measure ourselves. We build our lives up according to the teachings of God's Word. Because... Faith is the essential thing. It is. And we see that faith is so very important that you and I can be a part of the empowerment that it brings. And we shared last week also that faith has to have an expression. It's not something you just sit on. It's not a religious relic that just sits in the back of your mind. Faith has to have an expression. If it is not expressed, it will not live. James tells us this way, that it without works is dead. Faith has to breathe. Faith has to move. Faith has to believe. Faith has to act on. Faith has to speak. Faith has to step into. Faith has to express itself. It cannot be contained. 
It has to stretch out. It has to run. It has to overtake the limitations of life. I think I gave you a picture. Maybe I got it again. Yeah, the horse. It, it, it was created to run. It was created to express itself. Yes, faith needs an atmosphere to run free, stretch, breathe, and be all that it was created to be. And we create an atmosphere that can change the culture that we live in, that can bring territorial breakthrough when we set it up as an atmosphere of faith and an atmosphere of praise and worship and an atmosphere of unity, as we shared even several weeks before that. That atmosphere gives faith the pasture to run in, the land to run through and express itself. It has to have an expression a bird was made to fly, and a fish was made to swim, and a horse was made to run, and your faith was made to express itself. There are miracles that are begging, begging to be manifest because they're begging for you to, ex to exercise faith to see them uh, manifest through the expression of your faith. I believe us sitting back saying, oh God, where are you, oh God, where are you? I believe God is saying, where is your faith? Where is your, where will you not step out? Will you not get out of the boat like Peter did? Peter walked on water like Jesus walked on water because he had faith to hear the word of God that Jesus said, come. And he got out on the word and he walked on the water. But then he shows us what happens when we get our eyes off of Jesus and we look at the circumstances and the wind and the things that are coming and faith just went right locked back up, shut down, and he began to sink. But Jesus was there to help him get back safely in the boat. Let me tell you what. As we would teach a toddler to walk and we let them hold our hands as they're walking, there's times they want to get free and walk uh, you know, on their own. You do not want to keep holding their hand. If you're still holding your child's hand and they're 52 years old for them to walk, there is arrested development and something's not right. They're not happy. I can tell you they're not happy going through the mall with you holding your 74, you're holding their 52-year-old hand because you don't want to let them go. They were created to walk. Your faith was created to walk. Now, when they were a toddler and they would fall down, you loved them enough to pick them right up. You didn't scorn them. You didn't spank them. You didn't scream at them. You smiled and said, good try. Let's go again. Let's go again. And the same is true with Peter. He, his faith got him out on the water, but then he began to sink. I'm glad that story's in the Bible because many times I've stepped out in faith. Many times I've started seeing the miracle manifest and then I got my eyes on the circumstances and there I would go to sink. But God was not there to condemn me, but just like with Peter, to help him get up back on the water and get in the boat. He wants us to learn to walk in our faith. He wants us to do that. He will, he will be there not to say you failure, but that was good try. Good try. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. And you do that with a toddler until they're running, right? And once they start running, it's all over after that. And then you got to run because you got to catch up with them. I was uh, coming out of a store here recently and uh, and, and the gentleman was coming out with a little, little toddler just learning to walk really good and wanted to walk out on their own. And, and they opened the door. I was opening the door for him, and uh, the dad wasn't paying as close attention as he should. And the little, little fellow just right out. And it wasn't too far. Then he would be into the parking lot. So I go running after him. I'll be a guardian of this child, okay? And I go running after him because I didn't want anybody, a car to run over him. Let me tell you what, there's more out here to help you learn to walk by faith than you think. There are angels that are out here to help you. You just need to learn to get up and get out of the boat and start learning to walk on water. Hallelujah. Faith has to have an expression. 
And then uh, we, we came to the place where we said, I think this is what we closed up on last time, faith has to have a context. It has to have a context to express itself. And what this means is for faith to express itself, there has to be a circumstance or a situation that calls for faith. So we don't need to scorn or we don't need to think bad of or speak down on the negative circumstances that are coming against us because they are the very context by which we can exercise faith and see the miracle working power of God bring us victoriously through or over or around that circumstance. Matter of fact, you cannot see my faith till I've come up under some pressure. And you need to understand that because everything is everything and everybody looks the same and everything looks okay. But, but let me tell you what, when there's a challenge, when there's pressure, that is when that pressure comes against us, we're able to stand in a position and those who have no faith and don't exercise their faith, they cannot stand. That pressure will crush them but the people of God who are exercising faith can, can live in a supernatural way that we can't without faith. Therefore, for faith to express itself, it has to have a context. And, and the context is usually an impossibility. You got an impossibility in your life. Don't be fussing about it. Don't be fretting about it. Don't be telling everybody how bad it is. Smile. Say opportunity. In order for there to be faith expressed in a context, there needs to be a need for divine intervention or a need for some supernatural power, a need for a miracle. You need a miracle in your life? Smile. There's the ingredients. Everything's ready for faith to enter in and see God do great and mighty things. And now you have a testimony. You have a testimony. You're a, you're a witness. To bring forth the evidence of that which you've seen God do. Hallelujah. See, see, there's another thing you got to know before your miracle shows up. You're, you know, before you get to that place where faith is seemingly working it out for you, it may be that your situation gets worse before it gets better. I'm telling you, the devil's going to do everything he can to discourage you. He's going to do everything he can to get us not to stand in faith. He's going to, I believe the wind got stronger when Peter got out of the boat. I believe the wind, he's looking at Jesus. The Bible doesn't say it, but it does say that the wind and the waves caught his attention. I don't know if they got bigger and louder. Let me tell you what, that's how the devil works. The devil fights against us. We're in a real war here. And the wind and the waves can get much higher and much stronger trying to destroy us to get our attention off of our Jesus and on the circumstances that are around us. And it's easier to understand this, that things may get worse before they get better. See, you've got to be careful who are hanging around folks who think that if you have faith, you only drive brand new cars. I've met a few of those. If you have faith, you always have bunches of money left over in your bank account. And everybody in your house wakes up and they're singing the high praises unto God. The moment they get up, the kids are saying, let's go to school. And, or I want to cut the yard. Or I want to take out the trash. Don't tell me. I just want to take care of all this. And they think of all that, then they've got faith. And if we're not careful, the message comes across that your faith is determined by the ease of your life. But that's not what our Bible teaches us. The Bible tells us that the woman had an issue of blood, if you remember that story. And no matter what she did, she got worse. And she spent all of her money, and she got worse. 
She went to every specialist that she knew and she only got worse. So, so it wasn't until everything got worse that she was faced with an impossibility that created a context for her faith to stand up and she turned her faith onto Jesus. Amen. Now this brings us to the place, how does faith work? Very important. Because I don't believe faith is blind. I don't believe faith is foolishness. I don't believe you do as well either. I don't believe that faith is just some feeling. The Bible teaches us as we understand and see how faith works that it has to hinge on something. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen. So we first have natural faith. All of us have natural faith, and a natural faith expects things to get better. That's what this woman with the issue of blood did. She expected things would get better. That's why she went to the doctors. She had faith in the doctors. She went to them hoping that they could help her. Many of you here, and myself as well, we've gone to doctors, and we didn't go to them thinking we're going to pay them to make us worse. We're going to pay them to, to give us a less of a quality of life. We thought that through their study of the, the anatomy and the body and all the, the biology and everything that they would be able to figure some things out and help us. So did she. So she went to them hoping that they would help her. And she went to the doctors, but in her case, they were unable to help her. That doesn't mean they were bad. That doesn't mean they were evil. Don't you go doctor smashing and bashing. Don't do that. It just means with their limited uh, ability, they could not help her. They reach their limitation in every man and every woman, every one of us have limitations. They reach theirs. So she went to this doctor and that doctor and another doctor and they, they finally said, you know, we, we can't do anything. So it came to the place, the Bible says, that she had spent all that she had. She had no more money. There was nothing left. Now it's one thing to spend all that you have and you're on the road to recovery because you now have this, this path of recovery that excites you. It's another thing to have spent all that you have and be worse off than when you started the journey. Some of you are identifying. She spent all that she had. She had nothing eternal left. She had nothing natural left. There was nothing. So she now is at the place where the devil would have said, all hope is lost. But she had heard the word that this Messiah, this Jesus, He is the fulfillment of the Messiah, the one that would come and there would be healing on His wings and the hem of His garment would have healing on it. And she knew if I could just get to the word, the word tells me if I can get to this word and put my hand on it, that I'm going to be healed. And the Bible said up until this time, nobody had ever been healed this way before. But the Bible also tells us after this miracle, many came and as all that touched the hem of his garment or touched his clothes, they were healed. And then we even see with Peter, his or Paul's uh, uh, apron was cut up and, and cloths were sent to those that couldn't make it later on in church history. And there they were even being healed by these prayer cloths. Hallelujah. Man, she opened up a whole new door. Her faith did. And she said, I don't have anything left. And the devil said, you're, you're bankrupt. But something whispered within her, I believe the Holy Spirit, that says, you still have the commodity of faith. 
If you just work your faith, you have faith, and if you let your faith stand up and your faith focus on Jesus, there's healing in Jesus. Hallelujah. So what she did, as you know the story is, that she left everything, she pressed through the crowd, she crawled her way, and she touched the hem of his garment, and she was healed. If you can locate your faith, I'm here to tell you, if you can locate your faith, and your faith does not have to be built on what's in your bank account, it doesn't have to be built on what you got for Christmas, it doesn't have to be built up by what you've just seen in this church building, you just need to find your faith. And the stuff that is impossible can become possible to you. All oh, that a bunch of Christians would get it, that we can rise up and start living in a miracle zone, and the miracles of old can be the miracles of today, that God has not ceased, He has not stopped, He is not locked down, His power to be manifest here on this earth. All oh, that we would believe. All oh, that we would just believe. Amen. Tell somebody, I'm going to be working my faith. Because that's all I got left. <laughs> I'm going to be working my faith. And nobody knows what it's like to be in that position, to be counted out by other people. Anybody? And you take inventory of your own situation and you can't find light at the end of the tunnel. Actually, you don't even know if there's a, you know, if, if this tunnel just keeps going down deeper and deeper and deeper, if there's ever an exit out of it at all. And you're just hanging there uh, to something and, and just believing in something, but you can't find any evidence to see that you're going to come through this. Nobody likes that. Nobody likes that. But let me tell you what, when you get to the place where you say, wait a minute, but God, God is still on the throne, but God, He is still my Lord and my Savior Jesus loves me and God wants to be involved in every affair of my life and not one hair falls from my head that He doesn't take account of. My God wants to work something supernatural in and through me. And you put your feet down and say, I'm coming through this thing in the name of Jesus. Come hell or high water, I'm not going to let what's on the outside destroy what is on the inside. But my faith is telling me that something is going to happen and I'm not going to give up, and I'm not going to throw in the towel, and I'm not going to lay my life down. No, I'm not going to st start feeling sorry for myself. No, I'm not going to wait for somebody else to pick me up. No, I'm going to work my faith because I know it's all I have left, but it's all I need. It's all I need. Hallelujah. I've seen people come into the house of God that other people had written off. You probably have seen the same. That's why we don't let people talk down on other people. You see that? I'm going to rebuke you. say that. I'm going to rebuke you in this house because we have a church where you don't get to look down your nose at anybody. That's not who we are. That's why we as a church, we're a place where you don't feel awkward because if someone comes in bound or addicted or confused or messed up or got relationship troubles or whatever, uh, you know, uh, you don't know what that person can do. I've seen too many times in my 30 plus years of ministry that while the rightly religious stand there holding to their principles and holding to their doctrine with their noses up in the air and they try to know, uh, you know God out of their mind and they become stale and stagnant and powerless while somebody that they have written off, they locate their faith, they begin to move mountains, they begin to break generational curses uh, and they go and say, devil, you better get out of my way. Hallelujah. 
See, because when you don't have anything left but your faith, something starts moving on the inside of you. Something starts stirring. Uh, and you don't, have to, you don't have to go and make everybody else happy. You done down to your last dollar. You done down to your last offer. You down to your last uh, effort. Uh, you're not trying to get everybody in agreement. You're not trying to make everybody happy. You say, I've got to survive here. And you locate your faith uh, and begin to work your faith. And you find that faith really works and it ushers in a supernatural hand of God in circumstances and situations where man had counted you out. God just begins to count you in. Hallelujah. So I want you to know tonight if any of you are faced with any impossibilities and there may be mountains in your way and, and, and you've exercised everything you know to do and you may have spent all that you have, your situation is yet getting worse. To not worse. I'm here to tell you, this is not the end. This is just the beginning because I'm trying to tell you your miracle is on its way. Uh, I said your miracle is on its way. I'm here, I believe by God to tell you tonight uh, greater is he who is for you and in you than he who is trying to come against you. Hallelujah. And I say your miracle is on the way. Uh, and all you got to do is work your faith. Hallelujah. Somebody get a high praise. Somebody get an excited praise in this place. All you got to do is participate in your miracle and exercise your faith and you will see the muscle of God begin to manifest in your behalf. Praise God. I mean, Jesus gave it to you. He just wants you to learn how to work it. He said, it's your faith. He said, it's your faith. Isn't that what He said? Your faith. See, Jesus didn't give my faith so that I could have just goosebumps. Come on now. He didn't give me my faith so that I could just walk around and say, well, I believe. I think I do. I believe. Yeah, I think I do. He gave me my faith. He gave you your faith, but He gave me my faith so that when I'm faced with a context of impossibilities, and we all will be at one time or another in our life, and my, my situation may look worse and worse than it was in the very beginning, but I can drop down in a low gear. Do you hear what I'm saying? And I can find low gear of my faith, and I can say if I can just get to Jesus, I know, I know, I know I shall be made whole. Hallelujah. I was driving in the mountains one time and I was pulling a heavy load and, and, and a vehicle I had, uh, it, it was not an automatic, it was a manual transmission and, and, and I was trying to go up this hill and the incline was a little steeper than I anticipated and it was as though the engine was going to fail and, and I dropped it down to a lower gear and it wasn't low enough and I dropped it down to a lower gear and it wasn't low enough. But let me tell you what, they had a, a little switch I could switch and I could get into low, low and I flipped that thing down and that thing began to bark rubber on the highway as it began to climb up that mountain. There's a low gear called faith that you and I can get down into and no matter how steep the incline of circumstances and impossibilities may be in our life, there's a power in the engine of the Holy Ghost that is working in and through our lives that is going to get us up over this mountain. It's going to get us safely to the other side. We just got to learn to find it and, and as we find it and identify it to use that faith so that we can move in the power of of God. I'm working my faith. I'm learning. I'm learning to work my faith. Somebody needs to go home and post it on your refrigerator. That's probably one of the places you like to go every day. That I'm working my faith. 
Some of you, maybe not all, but some of you maybe go to your mirror every day. You need to post on there, I'm working my faith. Did pastor say not all? That was mean. Just trying to be funny. But you need to remind yourself, I'm working my faith. I'm working my faith. I'm not going to give the impossibilities. I'm not going to give the circumstances. I'm not going to give the wind and the waves more power by speaking of them and about them and talking about how threatening they are. No, I'm going to learn to work my faith and I'm going to begin to speak the words of life and to speak the words of miracles and the words of anointing. And I'm coming against and I'm finding the low gear and I'm coming over and through this thing for the glory of God. Some of you got to get toe-to-toe with the devil. And you got to tell, tell the devil, get out of here. You got devil, you release your hold, you remove your presence, you remove your influence because from this moment on, I'm working my faith. I'm not going to put up with your stink breath anymore in my face. Devil, you got to go. You got to go. I'm telling you what, I like it this way because everything I've learned, if I've learned anything about faith, I've learned that there's an individual part to faith. I can't come work your faith and you can't come work my faith. No more than I can build up your muscles and you can't build up my muscles. If I want to build up my muscle, i got to learn to work out. i got to learn to put it under some pressure. i got to learn to give it some resistance. And then you look at me and I start buffing up and you're like, oh man, I wish that you could just give that to me. you got to get in your own gym. You gotta you gotta come up under some own your own pressure. You gotta come against some of your own resistance and the muscle will naturally build up, I can tell you that. Well it's the same thing with our faith. And that's good news because the preacher don't hold the key to my faith. You don't hold the key to my faith. The consensus of the group doesn't hold the key to my faith. I can get over here and work my own faith. And I can come against every demon and devil that would ever come against me victoriously. I can come and be more than an overcomer and more than a conqueror that Jesus Christ has deemed me to be because I know I have faith that God has given me. I've worked my faith. I've learned to activate it. And now the devil is the loser. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Romans 12 and 3 tells us that every one of us has been given the measure of faith. Like every one of us had been given muscle in our bodies. Some of it don't show because it hadn't been worked. But we were all given. You, didn't, you, don't, go, you don't go and buy muscle. They may try to sell it to you in some of these stores. Don't believe that'll work. But we have muscle that once you use it, learn to use it and, and, and challenge it, it responds. In the same way, we've all been given a measure of faith. We've got to learn to use it. We've got to learn to challenge it. And let me tell you what, it will respond. It will respond. Faith is the capacity to believe. And every one of us has the capacity to believe. But everybody doesn't work their faith the same way. Faith is individual to you. Jesus said to this woman, your faith. Jesus said to blind Bartimaeus, your faith. Jesus said to the centurion, your faith. I'm telling you, we have to learn to work out our own faith. And Jesus didn't say, you touching me healed you, lady. He knew somebody touched him. There was a lot of people touching him. But she touched him in faith. He says, your faith is what healed you. Because it was your faith that pressed through the crowd to touch me the way you did, believing to receive the miracle that I had promised in my word. Now, now like the centurion, much different circumstance here, he worked his faith another way. 
He said, I'm a man of authority. I'm under authority. I have authority over me. I understand authority. I give orders and they, they, they obey the orders. I'm giving orders. I obey the orders. Jesus, you don't even need to come to my house. My servant needs healing. All you have to do is speak the word. So he was working his faith not to go and touch Jesus, but just saying, you need to just speak it. Just speak it, Jesus. That's all you got to say. And my servant will be healed. Hallelujah. Another man came to Jesus and said, my son is possessed with a devil. And Jesus worked with his faith and said, only believe. All things are possible to him who believes. So, so while faith works in different ways, it always demands an expression. Faith has to be expressed, therefore it always has to have a context. So when you're faith, faced with a, a challenging circumstance, don't let them make you nervous. Let them excite you. When you're faced with a negative report, don't let that make you fearful. Let it excite you. Because now you have a context that you can express your faith that you've been empowered to do so that you can see that which God has made essential to us manifested in such a way it brings pleasure to God. It brings great pleasure to God. See, so we have to learn to express our faith in the context that's coming against us However, you got to learn to work your own. you got to learn to work your own. I remember there was a well rig I used to work on and, and uh, had that diesel engine. And, and there was times uh, you, people try to drive it and get it to the next uh, appointment where we had to drill a well. And, and they didn't know how to, to work that old manual engine, that manual uh, transmission. I had learned after many, many tries... When you grow up on a farm, you kind of figure stuff out because you don't have anybody really to show you. And uh, you're usually out there by yourself and lots of acreage and stuff. So I'd learn with old equipment to figure out what, was it need, what did it need to make it go. And this old rig, uh, you had to double clutch it. Now that meant you just push in the clutch and try to put it in gear. It would sit there and grind until grandma had the biscuits ready and gravy ready and the fried chicken ready for you to have dinner that night. And you'd still be grinding and you won't be there to eat it, okay? Because it wouldn't go into gear. But that particular one, you double clutch it real fast. It's like you fooled it. For some, it's like this thing had a brain. You fool it and you, and you never have a problem. And I'd watch my uncles get in there and... I said, stop it. And I'd go, and here's the, I'm the young guy. And I'm like, what is it? And they called me a nickname. I'm not going to tell you what it was. They didn't call me Tim. They call, everybody had nicknames where I grew up. And, uh, and, and they called me this nickname. Said, what is it? And I said, you got to double clutch it. And they said, what is that? And I, I said, let me get in there. So, so the mature guy gets out and the little kid gets in. They can barely see over the old steering wheel of the thing. And I double clutched that thing and got it right in gear and moved it forward. And I remember him going back and telling all the family uh, at the Sunday dinner, and we'd go up to Grandma's for the Sunday dinner, telling the whole family, that, and I almost called myself by the nickname, okay, <laughs> that, that Tim, that boy, he knows how to work that old well rig now. I couldn't get that thing in gear, and he double-clutched it and got it going. You just, with each thing, equipment, you had to learn how it worked. Well, your faith, you've got to learn how it works. You've got to start trying. And if it's grinding, you can't get it in gear, double clutch it. Do what you've got to do. Speak. I mean, some of you may need to run around the building. Okay, that's okay. Somebody needs to lay out on the floor. That's okay. Somebody needs to just go shouting through the house. Whatever it takes, I'm telling you, just don't get locked down that you've got to have a particular expression of, in a particular place and a particular environment for you to express your faith. Learn how to work your faith in every circumstance.
And that's why at this church, we're at a place where we want to encourage you to work your faith. We don't want everybody to march in here and sit down and just sit there and say, Amen, and then go home. No, we want some of you running. We want some of you jumping. We want some of you shouting. We want some of you dancing. We want some of you clapping your hands. We want some of you praising the Lord. We want some of you, I'm telling you, the Bible, everything that the Bible says that we can give expression to God and glory. And I want, us, I want to see all of it here. I want to see all of it here. Hallelujah. So, so we encourage you to work your faith because if you just keep it all under control, you may look good to the people around you, but the devil is going to whip your butt. The devil is going to tie you up. The devil is going to steal. You're not going to get it in gear. Sometimes you got to get a little ugly. Sometimes you got to get a little ugly to make that thing happen. I'd get up on that old clutch and I'd double clump that thing and get in gear and I'd get to where I was going. Come on now. And these other folks in there, you just press the clutch and you're supposed to put it and that didn't work for them. Well, your faith may not work that way. It's time to let the, the, the hairdo down. Come on now. If I could say it that way. Sometimes just let the, it ain't about being all fancy looking and all stiff and religious looking. It's about a devil who's trying to kill, steal, and destroy and a God who is trying to give abundant life and that abundant life he wants you to have. But you got to live it by faith. You got to come against the stealing. You got to come against the killing. You got to come against the destruction of the devil with faith. You got to fight him with faith. You got to learn to work your faith. You got to learn to work your faith. Hallelujah. So faith's not just some blind thing wandering around like some many believe. It has something to hang on to. It has something worthy and credible that it leans on. So faith is not just knowledge in our head. You know, that's where the doctors were. They were limited with the knowledge in their head and they could help so many people in so many ways. But this woman, it couldn't help her. So faith has to lean on something credible. It has to hang itself on God's Word. Every promise of God's Word is what? Yes and amen. Everything in the natural she tried failed. But when the Bible said, when she heard that Word, that the Son of Righteousness would come and rise, there would be healing on His wings, she heard that Word. She said, that's credible. And she said within herself, and that's when her faith began to stand up, if I can but touch if I can but touch the hem of His garment, I will be made whole. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So faith is for that which is not. It's not just a feeling. It's based on something credible. Hallelujah. The Word of God. You may not be able to see the evidence immediately because the Bible says faith is the substance of things, uh, the substance to hope for and the evidence of things not yet seen. So when you're working your faith, the evidence isn't there yet. When you get the evidence and the manifest of the miracle in your life, now you got a testimony and a blessing. But before that, you got to have faith to bring that in, to appropriate, to bring that in. Am I making any sense? Oh my goodness, I want this to be something we make so practical in, li in, in our lives. Hallelujah. Somebody say yes. yes. Okay, you're with me. Hallelujah. Is, is there any faith in this house? Yes! yes. Does anybody have uh, something that you need to believe God for to see a mighty move in your life? Anybody need a miracle? Anybody here need a miracle? 
What I want to talk to your faith as we wrap this thing up here tonight. I, I don't want to talk to your head in this closing. I want to talk to your heart because let me tell you what. I'm not talking to your circumstances. I'm talking to the situation at hand by the Word of God that that which is down on the inside of you, that measure of faith that God has placed in you, I'm talking to your faith. You need to start saying uh, from now on you're going to find me working my faith. I'm going to learn to work my faith. I'm going to try. I'm going to push in this way. I'm going to double clutch it this way. I'm going to try to move into it this way. But I'm going to learn how to work my faith. And if it didn't happen this way, that don't mean faith don't work. It's just I hadn't learned yet how to work my faith. And if it doesn't happen this way, that don't mean faith don't work. I just still hadn't learned how to work my faith. But I'm going to keep. I'm pressing in. I'm going to learn to work my faith. Hallelujah. You, you may have to let the people around you know, you know, don't you worry about me. When you see me crawling to Jesus, this is me learning to work my faith. You know, don't you worry about me. If I have to pick up a rock and start running towards my giant, don't worry about me. I'm just learning how to work my faith. Uh, don't, work, don't worry about me. If I'm not answering the phone every time you call me, I may need to cut that thing off a little while to learn how to work my faith. You may see me with my hands in the air and I'm shouting and dancing and running. Don't you worry about me and don't you try to stop me because I'm just trying to learn to work my faith. You may not hear from me for two or three days. It ain't that I'm mad at you, but what I need is something supernatural in my life to be manifest. And I'm taking the time to learn to work my faith. Hallelujah. You may see me write out a check uh, and you think I'm giving too much. It ain't none of your business. Uh, don't you worry about me. I'm just learning how to work my faith because I've tried everything else. I've tried everything else uh, and nothing got better. I'm worse off than when I started. But from this moment on, I hear the Word of God. And my faith, that measure of faith on the inside of me hears the Word of God. And I feel it a-stirring and I feel it a-stretching. And now I'm going to learn to work my faith because that's all I have left and that's really all I need. Hallelujah. you got to learn to remind yourself. You know what? You may have some money in the bank. Thank God for it. But you're not going to lean on that money to get you where you're going. God's where He's going to take you. It's going to take a miracle. You may have a nice new car and that's okay, but you can't drive that car to your destiny. It's your faith. It's your faith that's going to get you to where God wants you. Hallelujah. You got to learn to activate your faith. You got to learn to express your faith. You got to, let me tell you what, you got to get out there and believe. Hallelujah. Because God responds in an atmosphere of faith. He came to his hometown, could not do mighty miracles there, no, no mighty miracles there because of their unbelief. That's the only reason. God, in person, walking, healing, delivering, gets to his hometown. And because of their lack of faith, he couldn't do many mighty miracles there. I dare you to say, from this moment on, you're going to find me working my faith. I'm going to find how to get this thing in the right gear. I'm going to learn how to drive this thing. This, I'm telling you, I'm excited to know that this faith will get me through whatever terrain I'm going through. It'll get me over every incline that is faced with me. It doesn't matter. This faith, this thing called faith is going to bring me through, going to bring me up, going to bring me out, and going to bring me into the supernatural manifest of God's favor. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to pray for you. 
I want to pray for you. Would you stand? Just stand if you want prayer. If you want prayer, I want to pray for you. If you don't want prayer, that's fine. I just, but I want to pray for you. I want to pray for those who want to receive it right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord God, we're moving out of our heads, into, out of our brains, Lord God. We're moving down into the very belly, into the very soul of man here right now. God, we're speaking down to our faith. Hallelujah. Tonight, God, is the night for turnaround. Lord, I'm praying for everyone who will receive it right now. Turnaround is beginning. Turnaround is beginning. We're positioning ourselves for the miracle of God. For the miracle that God has for you, we're positioning ourselves. We're positioning ourselves in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Lord, we're committing to work our faith. We're going to work it. We're going to learn to work our faith. And Lord God, I speak to their faith right now by the anointing and the power of your Holy Spirit. Give my words anointing, an anointed flow, Lord God, to go right into the heart of each and everyone's faith right now. I speak to your faith. Get up in the name of Jesus. I speak to your doubt. Move out in the name of Jesus. I speak to your mountain. Get up and get out of your way. In the name of Jesus, I speak to sickness, die. I say to cancer, dry up. I say to tumors, disappear. I say to back problems, straighten up. I say to money, come from the north, south, east, and west. I say doors be open, promotion come, increase come. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, hallelujah. I speak to your body right now, rise up, rise up and be healed. Every organ come back now into your original creative order by God. I pray over those kidneys. I pray over the liver. I pray over those lungs. I pray over that heart. I pray over every gland in your body right now. I pray over your bladder right now in the name of Jesus. I pray over every system in your body. Align itself to the original creative order of God. Let healing flow from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. In the name of Jesus, I declare, rise up, rise up, rise up. It's time for you to walk in your healing. It's time for you to walk in your strength. It's time for you to walk in divine power. It's time for you to walk in divine favor. It's time for you to walk. I say to that spirit of fear, go in the name of Jesus. I say to that spirit of power, love, and a sound mind, come in the name of Jesus. I speak to you right now. Every circumstance, every troubled circumstance in your life, come into the courtroom of God right now and be found guilty and locked up out of your life, locked up and taken away as a threat forevermore. I speak to those circumstances and I speak to those personalities and those principalities in the name of Jesus. Take your hands off of this child of God. Take your hands off of this son and this daughter. Take your hand off of the inheritance of God right now in the name of Jesus. I use my words as the power of God here on earth. I use my words to usher in the mighty move of the will of God in your life. And I speak over you right now. Everything that is crooked be made straight. Everything that is weak be made strong. Everything that is poor be made rich. I speak it over you right now. I speak over your children in the name of Jesus. Satan will not have them. I speak over your grandchildren in the name of Jesus. Satan will not have them. The spirits that have blinded them. The spirits that have bound them. I break. I break off of them right now. What Whatever I bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever I loose on earth will be loosed in heaven in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 
Money come to you right now. North, south, east, and west. Money come. Promotion come. Increase come. Doors be open in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I say that the voice of this church will be heard around the world. I say that the ministry of this house will go 24-7. The sun will never set on what you are doing, God, in and through Christian Embassy and the equipping ministry of this house and those that have been equipped and raised up, Lord God. I say that souls will be born into the kingdom of God by the thousands and the hundreds of the thousands and the millions and even the billions, Lord God. Let them come. I say that lives be blessed, families be blessed. Son and daughters of the Most High God, be blessed. I say over you right now, you are the head and not the tail. You are above only and not beneath. You are blessed coming in and blessed going out. You are the sons and daughters of God. You are the royal priesthood. You are royalty. Yes, you are. Rise up as kings and queens. Rise up as kings in the name of Jesus to be king. Let Him be the king of kings over your life. Let Him be the Lord of lords over your life. Hallelujah. I say unto you, you're not only royal, but you are priestly. You are priests unto God. You have a ministry. You have a ministry first to yourself. You need to minister to that body. You need to minister to your destiny. You need to minister to your purpose and plan that God has for you. Then you need to minister to those closest to you. Then you need to minister to those that are around you in your sphere of influence. Then you need to minister in the highways and the byways. You need to reach out and you need to find a pulpit to reach out into the highways and the byways uh, to find the ear and the heart of people that you can share the message of faith uh, and you can bring hope into their lives and they can turn uh, out of darkness and delight and they can come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior. Hallelujah. I say unto you as you fulfill the purpose and destiny of God that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. I come against every arsenal right now. I come against every arsenal in the name of Jesus. Every plan, every strategy the devil has to take you out premature. We come against it right now in the name of Jesus. We've lost too many good soldiers on the field. We've lost too many good soldiers at the attacks of the enemy. But I, I pray right now a hedge of protection. I pray that, that there would be the, uh, the, those uh, missiles that would come against every incoming missile and destroy it in the air before it finds its target in the name of Jesus. I pray, Lord God, let there be that, that, that shield around, a protection around each and every one. Lord God, that we would go out in the strength of the Lord. We would go out according to the word of the Lord. We would go out full of the spirit of the Lord. And we would go out with the message of hope of God to the world around us. Unafraid. Unashamed. Hallelujah. Lord God, we thank you. We thank you that you've called us to faith. And not just a faith that we think about, but a faith that we act on. Let us work our faith. Let us work our faith. Help us, God. Help us, Holy Spirit, as we put our hand to the plow. Help us to learn how to work our faith more effectively than ever before. Let us learn how to use it strategically with the plans that we have from you in advancing your kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. So Lord God, I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you've challenged us and that you've, you've encouraged us. Now you seal this truth, our hearts and our minds, that the enemy might not steal it. 
that we can go out and be doers of your word and not hearers only. To you be the praise and the glory and the honor forever and ever. All the healings, to you be the glory and the honor forever and ever. All the deliverances, to you be the glory and the honor forever and ever. For every spirit of fear that went and every spirit of power that came, to you be the glory and the honor forever and ever. For every resource that has come into our lives and supernatural is yet to come, to you be the glory and the honor forever and ever. To you be the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.